Ready? Are you ready to podcast? I mean, is anybody ever really ready to podcast? <laughs> the stars at night are big and bright, <laughs> deep in the heart of hockey. Hi, I'm Carolyn. And I'm Marin. And this is Deep in the Heart of Hockey, a podcast about the Dallas Stars, fancy stats, and general shenanigans. Oh God, so heavy on the shenanigans. 2014 playoff shenanigans. Oh my God. <laughs> it is August 1st, and this is our 122nd podcast. So many podcasts. That is so many podcasts. Like, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> I, we, I feel like we ask that question a lot, and it sounds so belligerent. Like, fuck off, go away. But I don't, I don't mean it, obviously. Please continue to validate my existence. Yes, we definitely need all of the serotonin we can get right now. And every time our little counter, play counter goes up, that's, that's straight dopamine. Straight dopamine. Are they done with the qualifying rounds yet? Have they it, started the qualifying rounds yet? The qualifying rounds started today, which gets us excellent transition, Marin, right into our very <laughs> first topic, which is the playoff series have started. Or as you call them in the... Uh... Podcast play in series. Well, that's because that's what they are, really. Like, yeah, sure. Like, everybody's so the NHL put out official guidance that these are playoffs and that the stats acquired in these games counts as playoff stats. However, like, everybody knows these are just like the loser rounds <laughs> because they couldn't figure out, like, because of the way seeding works in a regular playoff, like they didn't have a couple of spots locked. So now we get play-in series. Which brings us to our very first listener question. Larry Joe asks, are y'all watching the Chicago-Edmonton game? Which we are not because it just finished before we started recording. But I did not watch it. No, I didn't watch it either. Uh, it was apparently, according to the NHL.com, a 6-4 no defense shit show. I feel and like, I feel like, I feel like if you had asked me what the final score between a Chicago Blackhawks and an Edmonton Oilers game would be, I would have guessed in the double digits. So there's literally no surprises there do you know who won the blackhawks i've got it pulled up in front of me sorry that wasn't (laughs) i wasn't trying to like well here's here's something that might make you happy uh ryan nugent hopkins scored his first ever playoff goal oh at at the age of 27 (laughs) oh man that makes my heart hurt a little bit I actually, so I don't, I think I talked about this last time, but I honestly have no plans on watching any of this, so quote unquote, playoff. Um, I think it's pretty irresponsible for the NHL to be doing what it's doing. And even though other bubbles seem to be holding pretty okay right now. Um, and one thing I saw today that I didn't know they were doing until literally I saw this is they're also quarantining most of the hotel staff that are, interacts with them, the, the essential hotel staff. So that makes me feel better 
except that the hotel staff, who are probably not getting paid any more for this shit, are also not being able to see their families or do anything, you know? I would want to... I, before I pass any judgment on that, I want a little bit more information on how the hotel staff are being treated. Like, whether or not they're getting paid extra, whether or not this was a voluntary decision on their part. Like, they volunteered for the duty, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of stuff. Because if they're just getting paid their normal pay to, like, live at the hotel and not see their families, then that's bullshit. But if this was a volunteer thing and they're getting paid, like, you know, extra and, you know. Hopefully. It, yeah. Like, then then that's 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 a little bit more acceptable. But, yeah, if this is just, like, you're, it's your normal pay but you can't go home, then no. Uh-huh. Absolutely not. That said, it is a lot safer than I had assumed it would be. Yeah, true. Um, they actually did take that into account because I was assuming that if it was coming in. I mean, I think the other thing that about the bubble that. People are like, oh, it works, it works. We haven't had any tests in so long or positive tests in two weeks or whatever. I'm like, yeah, but two weeks of anything is not that hard. No. And I mean, if they were going to do it, the way that they're doing it at least shows that they thought about it. And I do appreciate that at the same time that I still think it's stupid they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Honestly, it feels very opiate of the masses to me. To bring all these sports back. Not that sports aren't kind of that way anytime. I mean, they absolutely But right are. now, it feels very, very particularly, let's give people something to focus on so they don't care about people dying. Well, but then but then you've got, like, I don't know, baseball. I don't right. know how I they're mean, operating right now, but it doesn't seem to be in a bubble because they keep... <laughs> they're not. Did they close it again? No, it's not fully shut down, but I think something like 20% of the league can't play right now. Yeah, well, the, because they all keep testing positive for COVID. So the MLB is not doing any sort of bubble. They're literally traveling city to city. Which is so dumb. God, that's yeah. so dumb. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, fuck um, off, you guys. Like, this is just the dumbest shit I've ever heard of. Yes. Speaking of dumb shit, though. Uh, Dallas did play an exhibition game. And it was dumb. I didn't watch it. It happened during work. And honestly, I just didn't have the ability or the brain power to put on a hockey game. Um, work is... I'm doing overtime right now. And I'm currently at 60 hours for the week. And I'm still going to be doing more stuff tonight. Oh, my so, God. And then, like, tomorrow I will also be working. But that starts a whole new work week. So um, I just don't have the... I was, I was trying to write an article, not for hockey, but for the sci-fi blog I wrote for yesterday, and I couldn't remember the word MacGuffin so badly that I I was trying to Google, like, what's the magic thing in a play that people have to find? Like, that's <laughs> Did how... it work? Did it come up, though? No, it didn't, because Aww. I kept getting, like, Minecraft, like, enchanting objects and shit like that. Uh... So I was literally opening Twitter to be like, you guys, what is the magic thing in a play that people have to find? And as I was typing it... The word MacGuffin came to my brain. I kept trying to supply mulligan, and I knew yeah. that that was incorrect. But, like, the, the the fact that I had an M and an N and, like, a vaguely Irish sound was kind of like, okay, like, at least I had that much. But, man, no. It, it, it was one of those things where it took me about an hour from when I first tried to try, started trying to think of it to when I was finally like, fuck it, I'm just going to ask Twitter and look like an idiot. <laughs> That I was like, dude, oh, that happens to me all the time. Do not feel bad about it. No, I didn't really necessarily feel bad. It was more that it was just like, this is because the first thing that happens to me when I get really, really tired is like I lose 
all and I'm pretty sure this happens to a lot of people. I'm not like, you know, special or anything, but I I lose all ability to come up with more than just very, very basic language. Mm-hmm. Like I am For tired sure. is really pretty much about all I can say when I'm that tired. <laughs> and so I was trying to write this article because it was actually due Tuesday and I didn't turn it in till this morning whoops um i mean it's fine they they asked for it two weeks in advance and so i'm very 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 normally like oh yeah i'll turn it in like in a week it'll be fine um so and that's why they ask for it two weeks in advance because of people like me who always turn it in late but anyway like (laughs) god i was i it was so hard to come up with words i looked at it this morning after a full night's sleep and i was like did you mean to say the same thing four times in a row in the same paragraph did you? No. Did no. you? No, no, she didn't. Well, we do have a reader question about, a listener question, since we don't write anymore. No. Uh, about the exhibition game. Uh, Jason of Damn It Jason fame asks, why did we expect anything different than the hot garbage we saw on Thursday? It's the same hot garbage we saw all post-Monty era. Here's a, here's a secret, Jason of Damn It Jason fame. I didn't expect anything different. This is exa- stop expecting things. I mean, first of all, stop expecting things. But second of all, like literally nothing happened in the time anything, frame. You're never disappointed. Precisely. This is what I say all the time. But like also, there was literally no change in between when play stopped and right now, except that we lost offensive force Roman Polak. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's literally the only change that was made. So, what was anybody expecting? Yeah, like, I mean, the reason that we're that they're in the playoffs at all is like we hadn't fully imploded by the time that the season stopped, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> and other teams in the in the central were having worse seasons than we were. Oh my God, that's so true. I can't. I yes. I keep coming back to that every once in a while, just thinking about it. Like, the Stars were in the middle of, what, a six-game losing streak, mm-hmm. seven games, something like that. And then the playoffs, and then the season ended. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I mean, like, if you were expecting anything other than what you got the other day, like, that was that was on you. That's on you. That's your fault. That's yeah, one hundred percent. Keep keep that bar low. Keep it low, and you want okay. One, two, three, four, five. They were in a six-game losing skid when play stopped. Keep it low. Keep it loose, guys. Keep it low. Keep it loose. And the two teams. Okay, so this is the, these are the teams that we had lost to. We had lost to the New York Rangers. That was the last game they played. Mm-hmm. They lost two times in a row to the Nashville Predators. Zero to two and zero to one. Mm. They lost to Edmonton, fucking Edmonton, in overtime, mm-hmm. one to two. Mm-hmm. 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 Hang on, hang on. I am going to do. I'm going to do everyone a favor here, and t- tell you what the what the shots on goal were. Oh no! Do is that a favor? We call that favor. Um, the shots on goal were forty-three to twenty-seven. Oh, but in, in favor overtime. of the stars. In favor of oh, the stars. Oh, oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. So, it's one of those that it's like it's very, very, very frustrating that we lost. Probably, 
But like, hang on, let me find out who was in net for the Oilers in that game. It was Miko Koskinen. Oh, thank God. (laughs) Were you worried it was Mike Smith? I was very worried it was Mike Smith. I think we were all worried it was going to be Mike Smith when it took me a minute to get there. Fucking Mike Smith. That was a pregnant ass pause, right? I know. Well, it took me, because like, because it's not the game currently, it was Mm -hmm. like taking me a hot minute to figure out how to navigate the uh, the app. But, uh. Then we lost 3-4 in a shootout to St. Louis, 3-4 in regulation to Boston. And those were our six loses, loses, losses, loses. Those are our six loses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, this is Marin on sleep, even. <laughs> we don't, we don't know. I, yes, I, I'm going to move on with our, <laughs> I mean, what can we do? Like, how many? How many more times and different ways can you and I say the same fucking thing about this scene? Like, it's ridiculous that you would do nothing to change the roster, nothing to change the way that the players are deployed, nothing to change the lines, nothing to change anything else, and expect different fucking results. Like, the the times that they win, I mean, they feel like aberrations on, on a... On a otherwise normal thing you know Mm -hmm. i don't it's it's very frustrating because this is exactly the thing that i kept seeing with the oilers (laughs) like yeah you pick up the wrong pieces you try to fit everything together you fire a coach because you're assuming that's the problem and hey that was never the problem or maybe it was the problem with some of the coaches we've had but like you know like it's ridiculous Fun fact, we forgot to discuss Lindy Ruff getting picked up as the head coach of the New Jersey Devils last time. We did. And, we did uh, forget that. I am very curious to see how that's going to go. I mean, I, I, as we have stated on this podcast before, other than his over-reliance on Cody Eakin... <laughs> I actually, the Lindy era rough, the Lindy rough era, good God, did you hear what I just said? Yes. The Lindy rough era of the Dallas Stars was probably my favorite era since I've been a fan. And granted, it started with the Lindy rough era, but like, he was was fun. He was fun. The the games were fun to watch. And I think my favorite era of the Dallas Stars was November of 2019. (laughs) I'm sorry, say that again? November 2019. Oh. <laughs> it was after Monty got rid of, like, all of his, oh, defense is the only thing we do. And then he realized we could play both. And then we played both for a literal month. Yeah. And it was so good for me. And it, that's the other thing. is like, obviously, I'm boycotting the NHL because I'm boycotting the NHL. But, like, it's not like the stars are giving me any reasons to watch. Well, not right now, no. Well, I mean, with the way they're playing is what with I'm the, No, for sure. So... I find them intensely frustrating. Okay, I just looked at some of these playing times for these qualifying rounds. I can tell you, without a doubt, I am not staying up until 10.30 at night to watch the Chicago Blackhawks play the Edmonton Oilers ever in my lifetime. I <laughs> Like, there's no fucking way I want to watch anything that badly. So... 
if those are the times that the Dallas Stars are going to be playing because they're also in the West and will be playing in the uh, Rogers Place Arena, like or in Rogers Place, no, we will not. We will not be watching this. <laughs> well, the NHL has also debuted something this <sighs> Good week. God, that I suspect we will have a lot of opinions on. I've never had an opinion. Do we want to take that again? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Uh, no. Uh, they are debuting their hashtag we skate for campaign so that they can effectively mash, mash up social justice and diversity causes with supporting the frontline COVID staff. I mean... why not just dilute every single thing that they wanted to take a stance on? Because they don't want to take any stands. I know. That's the key of it all. They want zero stands. Now, that said, I will say Matt Dumba had a really lovely speech today um, before the uh, Oilers-Blackhawks game at Rogers Place, and he took a knee during the national anthem. Again, he wasn't playing. He just was given time um, before the anthems to talk about Black Lives Matter. Um, they and, need you know. to, and while I appreciate that, they need to stop skating out their token players of color to do this. Yeah. Because we all remember how it went for JT Miller. Yes. Not JT and, Miller. JT. And what's his name? JT Brown. There Brown. is another. There, JT there Miller is, is a JT a Miller, player. but that's not who I was. Yeah. <laughs> no, JT uh, yeah. I, I was thinking for some reason my brain went JT Miller time instead of JT Brown. <laughs> Uh, well, and right afterwards, there was a quote from Ryan Reeves, who plays in the Golden Knights, um, talking about, like, he wanted to, I, I, the feeling I got from it was they discussed taking a knee during the anthem as a team, because it was something that Reeves wanted, it felt like it was something that Reeves wanted to do. He didn't come out and say, I wanted to do this and no one else did. But basically what it what it boiled down to is that some of the team didn't want to do it, so they just decided not to do it. That just Yeah, that just bothers the fuck out of me. Hockey culture. It's yeah. bad. It's racist as fuck. It's real bad. Yeah. Oh boy. I feel bad for Ryan Reeves. That sucks. I do too. That sucks that nobody in his locker room would well not nobody, but Enough players wouldn't support him that they decided just to not do it at all. I mean, I I think what they were going for is, like, let's make this a strong team move. Like, let's make this decision as a team, which is so hockey it makes me want to die. But that's not what it's about. Like, the, the point is making people uncomfortable. And if some players aren't comfortable with it, then they can just be uncomfortable. Yeah. Literally not the point nope. is your comfort. Yeah. No, it's not. Frustrating as fuck. As per well, usual. Well, speaking of comfort, I'm sitting here in my uh, one of two pairs of sweatpants that I am wearing all of quarantine, which I've been basically sitting in all of this week. So what have you been up to? In quarantine. 
I don't um, have. I need to. We we do this often enough that I should come up with a uh, theme song for this particular segment, but. I don't have one yet. I mean, especially since my quarantine is going to be lasting at least until January. I've applied for one job, so we'll see where how long my quarantine lasts. So, I mean, as I as I previously stated, um, my quarantine right now is mostly uh, working overtime. Um, get that we, bread. I mean, it's nice. Don't get me wrong. Um, we had a special project that was given to us by the city of Austin. Two weeks ago. Three weeks ago? Three weeks ago. Maybe. I can't remember now. It's been it's been a time. And um so we're working I'm working on that. Um and that's gonna go for at least another week. And then after that I should have my nights back again, but then no overtime. <laughs> so that sucks. <laughs> but uh yeah, I mean we're 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 that's what we're doing. We're watching a lot of um West Wing. Oh. We are, uh, yeah. I, I've got to, I got to season three, um, a couple of days ago, which means that I got to Mrs. Lundingham, trying, dry, trying to drive back to the west, the West Wing with her, uh, her new car and not making it, which was, yeah, heinously sad. Uh, I mean, spoilers for a twenty-year-old TV show. Um, but to be fair, that like, I don't remember what context that came up in recently. But I was like, oh, well, that's, like, one of the best, con- like, t- like episodes of TV. Yeah. Two ever. cathedrals? Two yeah. cathedrals. Absolutely. I, I, re- I remember, like, I think I was talking about just, um, what's his name? That the, the writer for that show. Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin. And, like, you know, like, how he's a little, a little up in his own ass sometimes. But, like, I that mean, particular episode is, like, peak TV. The funny thing is, if you watch enough of his of his TV shows, and I've only watched two, like, you know, religiously, Mm -hmm. um, you start to see a both his the phrasing that he reuses and overuses and like he even like recycles plot lines or story devices. So I've watched Sports Night and West Wing and Mm -hmm. he stole, um, you know, this whole storyline about um, a something getting lost and this you know son uh this the one of the men in the in the in on the team like having to find this thing but then at the same time dealing with his parents divorce because his dad had been having an affair for years and like kind of getting confused like his feelings all mixed up and what it was that he was actually like worried about and you know like get, getting mm-hmm. overly fixated on the thing he was trying to find instead of like dealing with his parents and their in, in his father's infidelity Mm-hmm. Um, there's this whole story device where like in, in sports night, somebody was writing an email to their parent because they were late leaving because a, a tennis match was going over. Well, in West Wing, they did the same exact thing, except it was a Senator that was doing a filibuster. So it just, oh, yeah. you know, just stuff like that. And so it's kind of like, if you, <laughs> you watch enough of them, you're like, really, Aaron, you couldn't come up with a different idea for this. But at the same time, like I his 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 shows are so good. Yeah, um, for sure. Taken like, by themselves, that like they're just miles away better than anything else that was on TV at the time. Um, and I still love West Wing. And twenty years later, it's one of those things that it kind of hurts me to watch mm-hmm. because I want to have what they had. I want that kind of president. I want that kind of world where this kind of thing happened. You know, like I just yeah. want. I want that, but obviously, that's not what we have right now. 
The other episode of West Wing that I think about a lot, like, think about, think about a lot, is the one with all the time zones. I don't remember what it's called. Was that, was that the one it's where the they were trying like, to figure out what time it was in Japan and what time the president was leaving and all that? No, it's the one where they get stuck in Indiana. Oh, God, Illinois. that one. Okay, that, I think that's in the fourth season, because that's when, like, Josh and, uh, and, and Donna, Donna get left on the campaign trail. Yes, that yeah. one. That, it, that's either late third or early fourth. I can't remember exactly. It's, where, a, it's a great episode. That's yeah, awesome oh, that one episode. is really funny. No, so yeah, Two Cathedrals is probably the best crafted and best executed episode of TV ever. Um, and I'm trying to think definitely. of like what other fantastic episodes of TV I have seen. I would have to have some time to think about that question. Yeah, let's think about maybe we bring that to next podcast. Oh, maybe okay. we give ourselves homework. Let's, yeah. Dude, I'm a Ravenclaw. I fucking love homework. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to the woman who put together a 70 slide slideshow about the uh, about Culloden and the Jacobite uprising. So yeah, That's true. like give That's me true. homework. I love it fucking Ravenclaw. So yeah, that, I mean, so I've been watching West Wing. I've been, uh, I was writing an article last night about, um, Thor Ragnarok and why it's the best Marvel movie. Uh, and that's kind of, I mean, that and that and overtime is really all I've been doing since last week. I'll, I will have to say that I am very excitedly planning a weekend trip to the Hill Country, but since that hasn't happened yet, it's not necessarily like, this is what I'm up to in quarantine yet. So, mm-hmm. Uh, mine is kind of a continuation of what I was doing last time as well. I'm still watching a lot of K-dramas, which has been kind of fun, not just for, you know, it's good TV shit, but like there's, since there are subtitles, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm trying to train myself to pay attention to things again, (laughs) instead of just having like my laptop open and my phone open and a TV show going. Because I actually have to pay attention because I don't speak Korean in any way, shape, or form yet. Um, and uh, But the one I'm watching right now, this is the fun part, is at one point, so I follow N.K. Jemison because she's fantastic on the Twitters. And she just says, she just randomly was like quote tweeting something, basically like her like, what am I doing in quarantine? And she was talking about what, watching K-dramas and I'd, you know, seen two or like one and a half at the time, and I was like, well, what should I watch? And she replied, which was cool. Yeah. And she recommended this one to me called, um, in the English title is A Korean Odyssey, which is kind of hilarious because it's actually based on a Chinese myth. But it's about uh, a little, well, so the first episode starts with a little girl who can see ghosts and a fairy sprite type person basically is like if you go fetch this thing for me i will give you a reward to this like little nine-year-old child ten-year-old child and she's like why do you need me to get it he's like well i need a human who can see things that humans can't see so he sends her off into this house that humans can't see but she can because she can see supernatural things And she's supposed to fetch this fan and bring it back to the guy she calls Mr. Fairy. And he tells her before she goes in, no matter what else you see or hear, you can't react to it. You have to just come back out. 
Well, obviously, she reacts to the spirit that lives in the house. That kind of starts following her around and talking to her. And that spirit is like, hey, if you put out those candles and free me, I will protect you from the ghosts and stuff that All terrorize you. you. I will be here. Don't you cry. And he's like, all you have to do is call out my name and I'll come protect you. So she lets him out. And then he, being the tricky little monkey sage that he is, steals the memory of his name from her. So she can't ever call on his protection. So fast forward 15 years later, and literally the entire show is about the developing relationship between those two. Because... Like, the spirits in heaven are, like, the deities in heaven are, like, interfering with human affairs. And, like, they basically give her this bracelet that makes him fall in love with her so that he will protect her while she tries to do all these things that they want him to, like, they want him to do, basically, that he wouldn't do otherwise. It's so good. The food is so good. It Like, the pining is so good for me. Oh, man, it's everything I need. And, like, it's really fun. It's like a fantasy light horror thing. There's a lot of comedy, you know, quirky characters. And, you know, I I live for that shit. I live for that shit. So you guys should watch it and yell at me about it because I am yelling about it so hard internally. I'm not even DMing Marin because I would yell too much about it. I don't know why you're bothering to not yell at me about it. You probably, you yelled at me about the last one. <laughs> Actually, we have a mutual friend that it has seen it, and so I'm yelling at her instead. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I did forget to say that I've started um, a 30-day challenge uh, where I am doing walking and, and or running at least a mile a day for the next 30 days. Hey, get it, get it, get it. And I started on Monday, and I've been holding myself accountable by posting a TikTok of my walk every day. I really enjoy those. I see them on your Instagram. I yeah, I post them to my Instagram stories, too. Yeah. Um, so um, there is a chance that I will actually miss today because of work. But if I do, I'm going to do two miles tomorrow. I believe in you. Thank you. Twinkle, twinkle, little... Stars! How I wonder what your charts! charts. <laughs> okay, so I looked at this, and do you want to know what my primal, my primal zodiac sign is? Why don't you read the question first? Because we have a very special stars charts today. Okay, so Andrew Too Cool for Cali LA asks, please create the primal astrology version of all of our stars. So the primal zodiac sign combines your... Western sign, you know, Aquarius, Cancer, blah, 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 whatever, with your Eastern sign, which is like the year of the dog, dragon, horse, blah, blah, blah. So I am a Leo, mm-hmm. and I was born in the year of the rooster, uh-huh. <laughs> which makes me a peacock, <laughs> which I was like, I've never in my entire life read something more accurate about myself. Dude, dude, I know. I looked mine up, too. I am a Cancer Born in the year of the rat, and I'm a seahorse. Okay, I just want, you're going to, mm, I'm going to read this out loud because it freaks me a little bit out, actually. I'm just going to read a couple of these here. Interestingly, it, it is often their independent successes that give them the confidence to progress in life. 
Over time, each seahorse will need to figure out that by accepting assistance from others, they can actually make it much farther in life. Those who don't may face a great deal of frustration, difficulty, and anxiety. <laughs> also, down in careers and goals, often this means working in some kind of business where they feel they can serve others in their own unique way, such as restaurants, cake shops, or in the beauty industry. Oh, nice. Seahorses like to feed people, both literally and figuratively. Listen to, listen to this bullshit. The biggest weakness of the peacock is that they rely heavily on others to fulfill their emotional needs. Peacocks have a deep-seated need to be proven right all the time. <laughs> they also need to be loved, admired, and praised. While most people can go through life with occasional reminders of respect and admiration by others, peacocks cannot. They need to be reminded on a regular basis that they are special. And as big as their egos may be, they cannot rely on their self-worth alone to fill this need. For such a strong, independent sign, peacocks can be brought down in the simplest way, by being ignored. I have never read a more devastatingly accurate paragraph about myself in my entire fucking life. I have, on many occasions, in, like, job, like, interviews or, like, reviews or whatever, said to somebody, while I need to pay my mortgage, I would work for praise alone. I was a little scared when I read this. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Is, so let's do some oh shit. Okay. Now, we're not going to do all of the stars. That's there's like too many. 20 second people on the roster. But I figure we can go through and like pick like four or five that you want to do. Uh, okay. So I only know a few of the... Um... I've got the birth years up, so I can figure. I've got I've got the Chinese zodiac. Up. Oh, I, I had that up too. So, okay, but I only know a, a couple of the Western ones off the top of my head. Okay, we'll just pick the names and we'll figure it out. And... So let's. What year was Jamie Ben born? Was it nineteen eighty six? No, nineteen eighty nine. Right. Mm hmm. Nineteen eighty nine. Okay, so he is a Cancer that is also a snake. Okay, let me find you. Cancer plus snake. He is a snail. <laughs> What's that quote again? <laughs> We're not sure if he's really slow or if he just doesn't like to move. <laughs> well, oh I think God. we can confirm the accuracy of this. <laughs> Snails don't like to reveal a lot about themselves. Ironically, they can see through the facades of others, yet they still put up a facade of their own. Deep down, they are insecure and worried that others won't accept them for who they really are. Snakes may seem cool and reserved on the outside, but inside they are very sensitive and highly emotional. Members of this sign are all about family, which is also true. Uh-huh. This is a sign that is good with money. Huh. Um, I don't know anything about how Jamie Ben is with money. I don't either. Members of this sign like to be helpful but authoritative. So <laughs> another possibility is a career <laughs> as a private investigator. Oh my god, that's hilarious. The snail's greatest fear in life is rejection. Yeah. Though they like to appear carefree, they have a very fragile self-image that they will protect at all costs. Oh my this god, makes I didn't know we had famous people down at the bottom. Now I need to go back to the peacock. <laughs> what famous peacocks are there? 
though it may this makes it difficult for snails to find partners because relationships mean dating and dating means the possibility of being rejected of course this fear exists completely in their minds and most people are actually quite fascinated by snails once they learn to be less emotional there will be little keeping the snail from finding a loving and dedicated mate um gene roddenberry was a was a peacock famous snails jennifer lopez was a is a peacock Cindy Lauper is a snail. Helen Mirren is a peacock. Nice. Oh, nice. fucking so is Reverend Jerry Falwell. Fuck off. <laughs> okay, who do we want to do next? Um. Well, there's always his buddy Tyler Sagan, who's the only good star right now. I know. That's true. January thirty first. What? Which one is that? I think that's an Aquarius. Now that you don't know, I'm feeling compelled to Google search it. I know, I am too. Yep, it's Aquarius. Ha ha! Okay, so 1992 would be the year of... The monkey. Ooh. An Aquarius monkey. He's a dolphin. Oh my god. Of course he is. Dolphins are lovable, active, and adaptable. At best... Members of this sign are curious tinkerers by day and everyone's favorite drinking buddy by night. <laughs> At their worst, dolphins allow themselves to become nervous, confused, and overwhelmed in their work and become obnoxious pranksters to their friends. Oh my god, members of this sign need to have fun. It's part of who they are and who they always will be. The social life for a dolphin is absolutely necessary and they will seek out anyone who wants to hang out and have fun. Dolphins typically have either one big group of friends or several small unassociated groups. We they all... tend to be promiscuous in their youth, and this trend toward trend tends to continue later in life than most of their peers. <laughs> Dolphins are among the last to give up their partying ways. That's true. Long after all of their peers are married with children, dolphins can be often be found trying to squeeze in a few more years out of their youth. <laughs> Dolphins make great airline employees. <laughs> Any job from air traffic controller to pilot to steward stewardess works for the various levels of the dolphin's intellectual and emotional needs. Wow. Holy fuck. Elijah, what is a dolphin? Jennifer Aniston. Michael Sheen. Molly Ringwald. There's some good dolphins. Shit, this is a yeah. long ass list. Mia Farrow. Carl Bernstein. Yeah. Stalker Channing. Aww. Madam. Lady. First lady. That's what she is. First lady. Yes. Alice Walker. Damn. All right. Let's see who else we want to do. Um, Who else is on this fucking roster? John Klingberg. What's John Klingberg's birthday? John Klingberg is a Leo. John Klingberg was born the same day as my dad. Uh, 1992. Also a monkey. Also a monkey. Leo Monkey. He is a thing that I cannot pronounce. A ferret. An oxalotl. How do you not know how to say ferret? Oh, that's a Libra pus monkey. Sorry. Uh, I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I was like, I know the you're one that can't say ferret. Oh my god, that was oh funny. God. I was like, what are you, what? 
can be overly concerned with feeling good, which leads some people to think of them as self-centered. In truth, they are a bit too self-involved, but they are also a sign that cannot function when they are out of balance. A ferret's mood affects everyone around them, good or bad, so it's better to give this sign what it needs to be happy. For those who prefer an artistic career with a little more stability, yes, they also have a practical side, a career as an art dealer can be immensely satisfying. (laughs) The third and perhaps most surprising option is a career as a stockbroker. (laughs) Ferrets don't love the minutiae of corporate finance, but they do love a challenging game. And what game has bigger risk and reward than the stock market? (laughs) Wow. Ferrets usually have a large social circle. They are extremely sociable, love to go out and have fun, and also love playing practical jokes on their friends. It's easy to see why more introverted signs find them annoying, but it is usually because others are jealous of the ferret's ability to enjoy their life at seemingly every moment. Dorothy Hamill is a famous ferret. Cole and Dylan Sprouse. Demi Lovato. Ray Bradbury. Yeah. Charles Bukowski. Annie Oakley, holy shit. No wonder he can hit them shots. No kidding. Good job. Oh, Michael Bean. Interesting. Okay, so do we want to do one more? Yeah, let's do one more. Okay, who do you want to do? I feel like I've picked the last three. Let's do Jamie Alexiak. We don't say nice things about Jamie Alexiak. We really don't. But he he hasn't deserved them for so long. And he has, you know, he has deserved some new things. So he's also a 92, which makes him a monkey. He's a Capricorn. Capricorn monkey. Where are you at, Cap? Do Capricorn and not Cancer. He's a woodpecker! I'm so bad about that. He's a woodpecker! (laughs) (laughs) He is a woodpecker! God damn, this is the most hilarious thing we've ever done on this show. Okay, independent, self-sufficient, and optimistic, those born under the primal zodiac sign of the woodpecker have a strong belief in themselves and their ability to create and achieve. Well, thank God somebody does. (laughs) Highly capable and adaptable woodpeckers are good at figuring out puzzles and overcoming challenges that others prefer to avoid. I don't think that's true. (laughs) In order to function at a high level, members of this sign need an above average amount of self-confidence. God, that is truth. Praise and admiration for their intellect and creative thinking often come at an early age, and these individuals are often considered to be intellectually advanced. Good God. Good God. Good God. Good God. (laughs) Woodpeckers tend to be a bit more hesitant than one might expect when it comes to romantic relationships. They are strongly independent individuals who don't need the approval of others as much as most other signs born during the year of the monkey do. As with everything else in their lives, relationships may begin spontaneously, but will have to fall into the greater plan at some point. Because of this, few self-aware woodpeckers will settle down and marry before their peers. Interesting. You know, I, I, I just want one of them to say, a career in professional sports makes sense for this sign. But so far, I we haven't got that. No. I mean, maybe it's just because there's not that many careers in professional sports. Yeah. Interesting the most fitting careers for this time involve very little power or authority. <laughs> Instead, there are roles in which the woodpecker can make a contribution to society through their intellect and creative thinking. Engineer, computer programmer, and city planner top the list of compatible careers for this sign. 
Oh, oh wow. man. Okay. I remember what I just said, like literally a minute ago. Let's say nice things about Jamie Alexis. I'm sorry. What were we supposed to do with what we were given? Eliza Dushku, famous woodpecker. Marilyn Manson, famous woodpecker. <laughs> Katie Mr. Kurt. Turlington. Oh, David Sedaris, also a famous yeah, woodpecker. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good um, one. Rod Stewart. One Benedict of, Arnold. Of course. Of course. Of course. Oh, God, this is funny. This is really funny. I don't know what I was supposed to do with this information, but it's hilarious. Thank you, Andrew, for putting this in our lives. I'm gonna, we're, we're gonna mess with this one because I want to see what my family is. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. doing that. We're do, we'll do that after this podcast. We'll we don't do need that to later. That. Absolutely. Uh, Marin, do you want to, do you want to take the lead on this next one? I do, but I want to look up what day it starts on again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had it pulled up because I keep forgetting and I tried to start in the wrong one. Sunday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. Saturday, what a day. Rockin' all week with you. Woo! <laughs> oh, man. If I didn't already have a happy thing, that would have been my happy thing. Right there. That right there that we just recorded was my happy thing. Yeah, honestly, that was very happy. Well, what's I your definitely- happy thing? Almost cried a little bit laughing at that. <laughs> um, my happy thing is that I am going to start playing a D&D game soon. And wasn't that your happy thing last time? Possibly, but I actually made my character sheet this time. Nice. And um, what really honestly has thrilled me to my soul. So my character concept, which you have, you know, is basically a useless paladin. And we're playing... A, a reluctant, useless fuckboy paladin, lightly modeled after Tyler Sagan. And we're playing what's called, or like a mod of D&D 5e um, based on the Elder Scrolls video games. So they're not exactly the same when you're building out your character sheet. So for instance, paladins and clerics have basically been combined into one class. And my spellcasting modifier, unlike most paladins are in regular 5e, are based on charisma, which I've never really particularly agreed with, but, you know, that's what it is. And in this one, because it's a combo of the cleric class and paladin class, it's based on wisdom or willpower, as they've renamed it. And so because it's based on wisdom, I put more points in wisdom. And in fact, I gave my paladin a negative one modifier. To charisma. However, the one thing they didn't make based on the willpower stat and kept based on charisma stat was divine sense. So I am a paladin that has no divine sense because you can use it one plus your modifier times per day. Wow, that's going to be really useful. I'm very excited about it. Um, Wait, why don't you agree that that paladins should be charisma based? I just think it's so close to clerics that like, given that they are, again, based god based warriors. um, And in fact, actually, I would almost see it the other way around that clerics could be charisma based because the whole fucking point is that you're worshiping and trying to get worshippers. 
you know, in certain classes, whereas a pal paladin isn't necessarily trying to gain worshipers to the cause, right? Like if that was the main feature of a paladin class, I could see that, but it's not. I just, so here's the reason I disagree. Paladins are chosen by their gods. Clerics study and become clerics based on the study. But if it was based on study, then it would be int, like wizards. Yeah, but that's a different thing. That's that's different to me for some reason. I that, I I agree with the way that it is in the game. That's I, I don't, I don't no love it, it, but I don't. I, I mean, it's not something that I would argue with. <laughs> I don't. About. I don't. You know feel what I mean? Like, enough to like throw down about it, but right. Like it's certainly I can spec something to. I just think that a lot of times, especially with like your stereotypical paladin, not that anybody I ever know plays a stereotypical anything. Um, but with the way a paladin is supposed to be specced, they're kind of like assholes. You know, like they're lawful good assholes. Yeah. And like that to me is like the opposite of charismatic. No, but the op the opposite of the opposite of being very friendly is being very threatening. So that there's a reason that intimidation is a charisma stat. I yes. I I, I am I'm aware of that. But also like that's not I don't know. I just I just don't love it as a paladin. Fair staff. enough. I don't love it. Fair but enough. anyway, I am now a paladin who can not use divine sense. And but because of the race that I selected, I also get um, find familiar as a spell. And that means that I can spell cast through my familiar. Nice. <laughs> so that'll be fun. That will be fun. What's your happy thing? Oh, God. I don't even know if I have one. Um, I can't remember when I found this out, but, like, honestly, finding out that my mom's cousin was in Charles Manson's band was probably the best thing that happened to me in the last month. <laughs> because it was so funny. It, it that's It's so weird. That is very weird. I mean, first of all, I, hey, let's go on a little trip through musical history, y'all. Uh, I had no idea the connection between... The um, so I knew I knew that my mom's cousin had played with what's the fuck is their name? The Beach Boys. The Beach Boys. Thank you. I kept trying to say the Beatles, and I knew it was one that started with a B, but that wasn't right. Anyway, again, I'm tired. Uh, <laughs> I knew that he'd played with the Beach Boys, and I posted about that on Twitter, and somebody was like, "Well, he did. He also know Charles Manson." And I was like, "Why the fuck would he have known Charles Manson?" So then I looked up the connection between. Charles Manson and the Beach Boys, and apparently Charles Manson became good friends with one of the Beach Boys, and by good friends I mean, like, you know, creepy friends, and had lived in his house for a little while, so much so that, like, eventually the Beach Boy moved out of his house and left it to Charles Manson because he was like, I can't get him to leave, so I'm just gonna go. Um, and I found out that when he was still in college, uh, my mom's cousin had answered an ad basically to join Charles Manson's band and had zero mad bad things to say about him at the time. I mean, like yeah. basically about his interactions with him because right. he was saying that like, you know, it was, it was him and Charles Manson, these two other guys. And he was probably the, the least experienced player that had showed up and that the other guys were kind of like, we don't need him. He's like, he can't do anything, blah, blah, blah. And Charles Manson was like, no, you know, he's, he's, he's good he can he can play and blah blah and kind of like took him under his wing and i was like what a weird thing to have like memory to have about this brutal murder <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> what a strange 
strange interaction to have had. And I cannot believe that, like, literally, I was never told this before. My mom was so interested in this whole thing that she eventually, like, went and searched down the article herself and sent it to me. Because I was like, I don't even remember my mom's cousin's name. And I felt kind of bad about that. But, like, yeah, it was, it's a whole thing. I was very, 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 it was one of those things where I was like, this is one of I'm going to talk about this a lot more. And I want to go visit that cousin again. He lives in California and just be like, so I recently learned. <laughs> you know, How do you bring that one up? Do you bring that one? Like, you're like, hmm, got to wait till like the second course. Do we bring that up over dessert? Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I would rather not talk about Charles Manson while I'm eating in general. But like, I, s- I have so many questions. So... That feels like an after-dinner cognac conversation. It really does feel like an after-dinner cognac and, like, you know, cigars. Not that I would be smoking a cigar, but, you know, like, that kind of question where, you know, you're not, there's nothing to throw. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, hot damn, dude, what a weird connection to have. That's, that's Charles Manson. Charles fucking Manson. That's, that's weird. Yeah, so now any of you all who have met me in real life are, like, you're that much closer to a connection to Charles Manson in the whole seven degrees of separation game. Yeah. So you're welcome because I am only one degree away from Charles Manson. Thanks to my having a cousin that I have met in real life. And so, yeah, you're only two, all of you, all of you fuckers, only two degrees away from Charles Manson. I don't know why I called you all fuckers. That seems rude. (laughs) Well, we are only two degrees from Charles Manson. So yeah. Yeah. You've done wrong things in your life. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and start reading the, the the listener questions because that way you get the long one. Okay. Oh, thanks. Uh, Billy asks, would it be better to lose scoring no goals or several goals? And why should the Stars absolutely take a shot trusting their youth like Toronto is doing with Robertson and Colorado did with Makar last year slash this year? Uh, it would be better to lose scoring several goals because at least you would have had a chance of winning. I agree. If you score no goals, then you were never there and it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> you did not exist in that game. You didn't show up. You simply did not. Like, yeah, absolutely. They should be losing at least scoring once or twice. Possibly three or four times. Because Ideally, let's be real, if there's... Times. If they're scoring four or five times, that at least means they're holding on to the puck long enough that the other team is not getting the opportunity to score on them. Correct. So, yeah, I would rather I would rather lose having at least tried. So, um, they absolutely should take a shot trusting their youth because that is the only way a team progresses. And at this point, what do they fucking have to lose? Another game. Well, they already done that that. anyway. Yeah. They were going to do that regardless. Been there, done that. Yes, indeed we have. And we shall continue to. Are we ready to move on to this very long question? I mean, I think the other thing is like trusting their youth. Like Makar is up for rookie of the year. Like, (laughs) yeah, just fucking do it. Just do it. Robertson is the brother of our Robertson. It's not like they've had bad luck in the past trusting their their rookies. Like, John Klingberg was at one time a rookie, and he did great this first year. Right? Like, 
I, even Nichushkin, who flamed out later, did pretty damn good his rookie year. Uh, he had he had that injury that took him he out did. for the home. Yeah. He had had an injury, but then he wasn't good the year he came back. Like I mean, the point no, I know is- that's what I'm saying. That's what, but that's what I'm saying. I think that I I really feel like half of his problem was like his injury and you know mm-hmm. just not getting back in the game after that. I think I think there were lots of problems there. There but were. I also think that if you look at his rookie year, it was fine. Yes, it was fine. It was good. Yes. Yes. Um, the thing that has hurt my heart, actually, about hockey, one of the, like, like hockey-related things, is there was a whole, like, interview with Jason Spezza, like, coaching Nick Robertson. I was like, that could have been our Robertson. Mm-hmm. That could have been our Robertson. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. Choices. We make on. them. So the best Shani in all the land asks, number one, so, um, what do you think about gestures toward the hockey? I feel like we've answered this question. Yeah, I should have moved that one up. I apologize, Shani. It's okay. We've answered this question, Shani, so we're going to move on. Number two, any speculation as to what's ailing Sagan? Uh, doesn't seem like COVID, so that's good. Yeah. If I had to guess, it's probably one of those things where, like, they basically had to go from zero to 60 real fast. Mm -hmm. So he probably just had, like, some soreness and didn't want to push it or something like that. Because the good news is he did skate today, which I think came out after you asked this question. So he should be in for Monday. So it doesn't seem like anything serious. There you go. Number three. What's the best MCU movie, and why is it Adventures in Babysitting? Um, I will I field this one because you haven't movie. actually watched all of them. Well, okay, so I hadn't thought about Adventures in Babysitting in years, but I was very tickled by this question, and I just want you to know that. I that's appreciated. Um, I do love Adventures in Babysitting a lot. I have not watched it in probably twenty years. Um. But it is a great film, but it is not the best MCU movie. And I think that you know that, Shani. I do think you know that. <laughs> um, the best MCU movie is either Thor Ragnarok or Black Panther, depending on your taste. <laughs> there are no other options available. It is just one of those two. I will not hear any arguments to the contrary. How do you feel about the Natalie Portman Thor movie coming out? I have seen so little about it that I don't really have any emotions attached to it at all. I think my only thing about it is Natalie Portman, while a fantastic actress, you know, bar none, no complaints about her acting abilities, is such a teeny tiny person that I have a really hard time imagining her as any sort of Thor figure. Well, it's not like... What's his butt is enormous either in real life. Chris Hemsworth? No, but like, oh, a ripped Natalie I, okay. Portman is still like five two. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? you know like, what you know what I did there. You know what I did there. I was thinking of Hulk and not. Thor. Oh no no no! We're talking about Chris Hemsworth and Thor. Yeah, I mean, I've thought that about dudes in the past. It just to me is going to depend on how exactly they do all of that with 
the outfit, any padding, any training she does beforehand. I mean, I'm just going to have a lot of questions. But she is a very wee person. Yeah, she's teeny. She's a teeny, teeny, she teeny person. She's, she's very short. So, I mean, we'll see. I guess we'll see. Man, Number now f- I kind of want to watch Adventures in Babysitting, though. I wonder if it's streaming somewhere. Hang on. Uh, it's uh, it's on HBO Max. Hey! Excellent. We can watch it tonight. (laughs) So her last question is, number four, did Dottie, and then she put in parentheses, a league of their own, as if we wouldn't know who Dottie was, especially given the context of the question. I I appreciate the clarity, though. I do. Drop the ball on purpose. And here I am assuming she is talking about at the very end when Kit won and she lost. I have very strong feelings about this answer, but I want to know what yours is first. I I have been mulling this over, so I am prepared to be uh, persuaded. So when I was younger, I think I thought she did. However, knowing what I know about siblings now, mm-hmm. knowing what I know about professional athletes now, uh-huh. I don't... Th- and And... Watching that movie and better understanding Kit's pain and, you know, inner turmoil, Mm -hmm. I should say. I don't think Dottie would ever take that away from her in that manner. And I think Dottie was enough of a competitor that she would not drop the ball on purpose. See, and that is exactly what I think. And I think that... We agree on this, and I'm very happy we do, because I didn't want to have to have an argument with you. <laughs> I put this as the last question, because I thought there might be debate, no, honestly. No. So, if you if you had if you had stuck with your original answer, then yeah, there, I would have, there would have been hellfire rained down upon this podcast. Um, because my, my feelings about this are very strong, and my feelings about this are really center around the idea that Dottie loves her sister. Mm-hmm. And she loves her sister enough to not bullshit her. Mm-hmm. She, like, got her traded. You know, like, this is yeah. a woman that did not put personal feelings before, you know, being a professional. And the idea that people are saying that she would drop the ball on purpose because she loves her sister. She loves her sister too much to give her an empty and hollow victory. Exactly. 100%. So no hollow victories on this podcast. No, no hollow victories on this podcast. So I, I believe that she did not. And honestly, I don't, when I was a child, I still didn't think that she had, I I thought that it, I always thought that she, that it, she dropped it because that was what happened in the game. Not because she did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, Dottie loves, Dottie loves Kit too much to play her like that. Agreed. Agreed. And that's all we have for you today. I cannot believe that we fin- finished on set. Like, we just pat ourselves on the back for having such a nice, not cantankerous podcast. <laughs> it's almost like we're friends or something. Yeah, right? <laughs> for a million years now. For at least 122 episodes. Yeah. Yeah, except for that one where we fought. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, there was that one. God, yeah. We so we've been lot. friends for 121 episodes. Yeah. Yeah, minus that one. You are correct. I forgot about that one. Uh, this is just one. I mean, come on. It's got to happen at some point. Yep. As always, you can find us on social media. I'm at Classlicity. I am at Marinish. And you can find our official podcast, Twitter at Deep Heart Hockey. And that one 
took a minute. <laughs> yeah. And then you can send us emails to... Uh, if you have a different interpretation of the Dottie ending, you can send it to go fuck yourself. No, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you kidding. Can send I'm it kidding. To you can you email are us at deeprohockey at gmail.com. <laughs> go fuck yourself. Uh, I'm going to write a blog post all about why Dottie did not drop the ball on purpose, and we're going to publish it at deeparthockey.wordpress.com. I am so excited about that, actually. <laughs> do it, do it, do it. We might have to rename the vlog. <laughs> Marin and Carolyn's bullshit opinions. Deepartdotty.com. Deepartdotty.com. Oh. Absolutely. Bye. Bye.